Hi, I'm Benny J. Ward from Reinhardt's, and I would like you to join me and my psychedelic sidekick, Dr. Gonzo, on a musical exploration from here to eternity on, and this one's introduced by, you're listening to Community Radio Station 3CR. Dr. Gonzo, and this one's introduced by, is a 60-minute program where we listen to tracks from an album introduced by the artist who made the album. Thanks for listening, and this one's introduced by... Reinhardt's are a power-pop trio from Perth, who've released their second album, In Bloom, on Wally Meany's record label, Cheer Squad. In case you came in late and are unsure what power pop sounds like, it typically incorporates melodic hooks, vocal harmonies, an energetic performance and cheerful sounding music underpinned by a sense of yearning, longing, despair or self-empowerment. Think Badfinger, Big Star, Teenage Fan Club, Posies and Flaming Groovies. In Bloom was produced by Don Mariani, the patron saint of Perth Power Pop and best known as the guitarist and singer in The Stems. Reinhardt singer and guitarist Benny J. Ward joins Dr. Gonzo to present the songs from the album In Bloom on, and this one's introduced by, on Community Radio 3CR. Oh, g'day. Uh, this is Benny J. Ward from the Perth band Reinhardt's. I uh, just wanted to say uh, thank you for inviting me onto the program. Um, I'm currently recording this interview in my home studio, Pink House Studios in Perth, WA, in an uh, area of the hills called Mount Helena. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I've been invited on to talk about the album, our second full-length album, Full Bloom. We were lucky enough to record um, in, in the past sort of 18 months or so out now on Cheer Squad Records. Yeah, we've just got back from a, a great little tour of um, of Melbourne and uh, five shows in three days or something silly like that. Had a great time. And um, people seem to really be liking the album and enjoying it and totally picking up uh, what we're putting down. It's a rock and roll album, I guess, sort of first and foremost. It's, it's definitely got its influences, you know, firmly entrenched in the... 60s sort of power pop rock and roll garage sort of styling we of course worked with um don mariani of the stems on this one who who uh produced the album and we're, we're incredibly proud of it the the four of us it was a, you know sort of a, a long process very thorough um we started from demos rough demos and went all the way through you know, to the to the finished product over the about the space of eighteen months, you know, between the the three of us when we we're recording it, um, and then Dom coming in and sort of you know reshaping things and um, collaborating with us. Uh, we recorded it in uh, two or three different studios, some in my own studio uh, with a couple of different en- engineers, Tony Italiano um, of the DM3, 
and Kenny Kilowatt, who was into fantastic Perth bands as well, the M16s primarily. It's a 10-track album, pretty varied, but it's all definitely got a common thread um, through it, and and uh, I think that's what people are sort of saying. It's It's got different songs, but it, it definitely feels united in its approach. Lots of layers of you know, different guitars, harmonies, um, really influenced by the birds um, when it comes to the harmonies. So there's some two and three part harmonies in there. Lots of um, great backing vocals. Um, the guitars, we, we were a three piece, we're now a four piece. Um, and the, the guitar layers there are great. You know, we've got a lot of obviously the rhythm tracks and then solos, a lot of 12 string stuff in there as well. And, and the way it's been mixed by James Newhouse speaks for itself. It's, it's very very open and clear sounding, very crisp, and, and we think it's a, a world-class album. It's going really well. It's, it's out and about now. It's only been out for a few weeks, and um, yeah, people are really loving it, particularly overseas. Been getting a lot of great reviews um, in you know, Power Pop fanzines and things like that. Yeah, I, 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 think, um, I think we'll get stuck into the into the tracks and um, delve into how it all came about and uh, and we, you know which song is about what topic and why so let's do it okay goodness is the first track off the album this started as like a very rough demo mainly based around the drums and the na 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 which when you listen to the song you'll know exactly what I'm talking about I think when we sort of started writing this we it was it felt like it was one of the first songs where we stopped thinking about what we could recreate live and we started thinking more about making a record and you know at not being scared of adding extra things that we couldn't do live which was pretty liberating and I feel like it, that's what kind of cracked open the whole experimental side of things really particularly with the yeah the backing vocals and some of the the layered guitar solos and things like that it's um it's very I think it's very sort of stonesy and a little bit sort of velvet underground it with the vocal um that's at least what I was trying to do it's a really fun song it's awesome to play live people really love it we usually open with it when we kind of um were about halfway through it we thought well if it's going to be a little bit velvet underground Ross our drummer um has always loved the trashy sort of um piano lines the you know the honky tonk dink, 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 sort of stuff so we sort of suggested that in the studio and um dom has uh, a, a brilliant organ player in his band by the name of bob um who plays in detura four um he's, he's been around for a long time very experienced and and a great pianist and organ player so we sort of gave him the idea and they went in the studio when we were busy doing other things and they sort of sent it to us and we were completely floored like Phew, you know like wow when it came back just the the hectic sort of bluesy piano sort of stuff going on was it, it totally exceeded our expectations so it was really exciting and it's a killer way to, to open the album and you know it just grabs your ear straight away so that and and the you know the feedback sort of solos coming in and out the way it twists and turn uh, twists and turns and and also some somewhat it, it's somewhat monotonous in its um, in its nature as well which 
is great because it, it's, it feels like it goes on and on, but then it changes, you know? It's, it's a really cool song. We, we, we love it. So this is Goodness. started as somewhat like a bit of an angsty song we did all these stops and starts and um i think we were a bit heavy on that to begin with uh you know with the demo it is about um mental health i guess um a very dear friend of mine uh struggles from time to time with depression and this is i guess like a little bit of a letter to him um or you know anybody with with um 
with mental illness that can struggle and it's about trying to be there for them um and you know hence hence the name call me up you know i guess it's it's about respecting that other people might not have it together as we all think they do and you know just just because you're doing okay doesn't mean someone else is and and i think it's it's good to remind ourselves of that um when we're feeling fine that other people might not be um so this this is what that's about really musically uh call me up like i say it started quite sort of stoppy and and starty when Dom heard the um, the initial demo and when we sort of played it in front of him, he was like, we've we got to keep it going and, and make it more of like a traditional sort of pop song. So we started referencing Tom Petty and, you know, think songs like um, American Girl um, or, um, you know, uh, what's the one I can't think of at the moment? You think you're going to take her away with your money and you, you know what, um, you know, that song. Killer song. Uh, she's going to listen to her heart. I think that's what it's called anyway. So that one um, really flowed and and just keeps going, you know. Um, it's still got its separate parts, but it just keeps going. Now, this song in particular, there's a little call and response kind of guitar line floating around in between the main chords. That is is sort of referencing And Your Bird Can Sing, the Beatles song of uh, Revolver, I believe, with the, with the little sort of noodly bits in between. That actually became the basis for the solo, and then I went away. I couldn't do it in the studio, come up with something on the spot, so I went away and kind of started on that and then embellished on it, and I really feel like the solo does like a little bit of a journey on its on its own. So that's a cool part of the song. The other amazing part of this song, in my opinion, humble opinion, um, is the uh, the bass tone? I remember Mitch. Uh, is a, he's old, he's got a beautiful old seventies P bass, which um, we got. He got in when we were in our twenties when we were on tour in um, New York, I think. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful bass, and he's still got it and still plays it regularly. A seventies one, and it just has that you know, doom, 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 that beautiful sort of thuddy bass sort of a thing going along and again it was the whole less is more thing it's like just play less and just kick along and it all just changed so much and just became this other a a totally different song you know so yeah here is call me up
Okay, uh, back again. Now, this next track, Power Lines. This is the favorite live. Everybody always comments on it. Very, very catchy. Um, the guitar solo in there is sort of loosely based on like a blondie kind of a feel. Yeah, it's it's really, really fun to play. Th- this, this changed quite a bit from the original version of the song that we had sort of written. We, we definitely sort of reworked the amount of times things did certain things like we extended and shortened and it really builds it has this cool trajectory where it sort of starts bang but then it, it really ramps up towards the end yeah the the guitar sounds now this was the first time i used to hate strats now if there's any guitarist listening i don't know people seem to love them or hate them they, they seem to be quite a polarizing kind of guitar i never really liked them i was more tellies and i guess you know I love Rickies, all that kind of thing. Strats never really appealed to me too much until Don bought one in the studio um, and said, how about you try this? And the rhythm track in there is, I think, an old Marshall JT something, JTM or something like that anyway, just cranked with a Strat. And um, I was kind of like, I'm not sure how this is going to go. And as soon as I started playing, it was like, wow, okay, cool. I love this. So I went out and got myself a Strat, and now I play a Strat. <laughs> so that yeah, that's where the, the the I guess the power of the song comes from. The telly is in there as well with like a tremolo in it. We we're totally trying to go for the who, you know, sort of wavering tremolo in there to give that sort of a feel. Yeah, the the bassline changed a lot with this one as well. Mitch absolutely smashed this one, and Ross. This is I think this is my favorite drum track on the album. Um, and I vividly remember Ross drumming to this. Um, it was one of the first sort of set of songs that we started recording. We did them in batches of three, and I think this was um, maybe the second song we we started tracking. And yeah, with with Kenny's sounds and all his outboard gear, he's got all the old Fairchild compressors and all the old vintage stuff. And I just remember f- hearing and feeling the drums and just being in love with it. And, and and I do remember leaving the studio a couple of times and Kenny would crank this one when we left, you know, and that feeling has really stayed with me. It was a really, really cool way to start the recording process and get excited about the whole thing. You know, it's a fun song. It's a big song. We actually rushed this out as a single when we played um, with the Hooter Gurus and Danny Warhols over here in Perth uh, about a year ago now. And um, yeah, it got uh, played on some commercial radio stations and things like that and it's it's just a great really really catchy song and like i say it's one that i think most people seem to comment on when we play live so here it is power lines never seen anything like it you fall something so hard until it breaks
Hello, Benny J. Ward here again. We are talking about the Reinhardt's album of the band iPlane from Perth, Western Australia. Uh, we're talking about our album Full Bloom and some of the songs in it. Now, could you, would you? Personally, this is my favourite song on the album. I love everything about it. I love the sounds. I love where it goes, where it starts, where it ends up, particularly the, the middle eight or the bridge where we did some experimenting with psychedelic guitars, backwards 12 string, and a whole lot of other things in there as well. The, the, the harmony, the two-part harmony, again, very birdsy for me. I really wanted that feeling where, I guess, um, how do I put it? One vocal isn't as important or is as important as the other. That, that sort of uh, double-layered harmony where you know one, one is really working with the other and it almost sort of feels like one voice that's what I hear when I listen to the birds anyway with um, Roger McGuinn and um, Crosby's vocals it's just amazing I, lo- I love that stuff and I think this this has at least gotten close to that you know I know that's impossible shoes to fill there but we've all got our, our we've all got our influences um, yeah the the 12 string in here I loved doing that. Dom came up with a lot of that um, as well. I had, I guess, the the idea of, of of the first line, the main hook, and then his suggestion of putting it in between all the little turnarounds really, really makes this song special for me, uh, and and it's it's an absolute favourite of mine. Again, love playing it live. Love it when it gets to the middle eight bit, and we can sit back and put the pedals on and and let the guitars do the work it's really really fun and i'm very very proud of this song so here it is could you would you Let 
Falling Down. Falling Down started its life as an acoustic number with just a vocal and acoustic guitar and myself and Ross just happened to be sitting in the studio talking and, and going over new ideas and what we might add to the album. I showed him this one, he started tapping along and bang, there it went. That's I guess how it started thematically uh, or what the song is about is love, is uh, about being happily married and being a father and getting to that point in my life where those things were um, were everything really, uh, which is not something I'd written about in the past. Falling leaves, trees are standing. Now that is referring to being a dad, being the, the I guess, the, the, the tree in the house and sometimes things feel like they're falling apart around you, the leaves are falling off your tree. Um, that that's what that's referring to. I really like that lyric. It means a lot to me. And every time I sort of put the record on and that comes on, it, it takes me straight to that. So maybe it might do that for you as well. Who knows? Have a listen. Uh, it was great to record this one in the studio. Doing the acoustic was challenging because we sort of chopped and changed uh, a lot of the strumming patterns throughout the song. And then there was so much going on at that stage where we had guitars coming in and out, the vocals, huge harmonies everywhere. And I remember doing the acoustic and thinking, wow, this is really sort of taking on a life of its own. It's quite quite big and soft all at the same time. So that's, uh, I guess, the ins and outs of falling down. And here it is.
Hi, Benny J. Ward here from Reinhardt's. You're listening to, and this one's introduced by, where the artists introduce tracks from their album with Dr. Gonzo, yeah, Dr. Gonzo, every Wednesday night at 11 o'clock on community radio station 3CR. Tune in, drop out. Blue Jeans. Blue Jeans is, I guess, somewhat a fictional song about um, two people in a relationship where one person annoys the other um, to the extent that they do not want to be around them anymore. Um, I guess it's like a little bit reflective of um, of some people who I, I certainly won't name um, uh, that I've known over time that can maybe, um, you know, fall into those traps and you sort of see it with people. It's loosely about that anyway, not, not entirely, um, but sort of based on those sorts of feelings. Um, that's the, I guess, the topic of the song. Musically, um, it's, it's one of the sort of slow burn sort of songs on the album, I guess. I liken it to maybe something along the lines of a Crowded House song in some ways. I think it's a very sort of singer-songwriter sort of a song. I love the cascading bits, especially in the bridge, the, um, you know, the cascading uh, chords and harmonies and the way it climbs down um, and then the, the big ending bit you know, coming out of that is quite explosive. The solo as well was a hell of a lot of fun to do in the studio. I uh, did that with a Mosrite for the guitarists out there um, and uh, a telly, I believe. Uh, two sort of individually tracked um, solos put together. Blue Jeans uh, is is pretty poppy, I think, in nature. And again, a real a real um, pleasure to play live, especially when those harmonies come, come to life. Uh, so here it is, Blue Jeans.
I Don't Mind, of course, is the name of one of the songs on the Reinhardt's album Full Bloom. You're back with Benny J. Ward from my home studio in Perth, Western Australia, Pink House Studios. I Don't Mind, I Don't Mind is a cracking garage rock and roll song. It gets big when it needs to. It has the primal 60s fuzzed out single note guitar stuff at the start big rock and roll bit at the end and or, or i guess just before the end with the 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 favorite part of of ross's drumming in that song where he as he says in his own words just makes the fill he does quite a mad fill in there and and when we when we play that one live we're all sort of hanging on to the edge of our seats hoping that where he starts and where he finishes is where we also start and finish it's a lot of fun really is uh the the harmonies in this one again I don't mind with the the back one. I don't mind. So much fun, so much fun. Uh, very, very sort of, you know, D A E chords, telly, vox, tremolo, fuzzed out bass. Go on, get into it. I don't mind. Here it is.
Delilah, 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 Delilah. Ross mainly wrote this one. He came up with these crazy chords that I had no idea how to play until he sent me some videos and I worked it out <laughs> over and over again and I finally got there. So this is, I guess, what happens when your drummer is musically talented in all facets and can play guitar as well. So he's a, he's a right, right pain in the ass, that one. Um, great, great song this one it's very very catchy we when we're in the studio there's a lot of talk about Elvis Costello I didn't realize that I apparently sound like him until people started telling me that which is cool I'm totally cool with that I love Elvis Costello (laughs) but I think just in the delivery mainly um, I remember Dom saying come on give it give it a bit more you know like give it the Elvis Costellos so I really tried to kind of give this one a bit more welly when we're in there the sounds on it so there's this amazing little guitar line that sort of waves around in it and i think from memory we used a a bad stone or a small stone pedal which is this great watery sort of sounding um guitar pedal that part is is great again 12 string in there i love the end of it i remember mixing it with james down um at his at his home studio down in bunbury I remember mixing it and sitting there and he did this really cool effect at the end where it sounds like the air is being sucked out of the song of the drums. So it has that really sort of uh, euphoric feeling when that comes on um, and, and the drums start sort of being pulled away from the song and phasing and then bang, it's back in and then it jangles. Really cool change of beat as well when that happens at the end there. So have a listen to this. Uh, Sit down, grab your glass of red wine, your cold beer, or whatever it is that you're drinking, and enjoy. Here's Delilah. Thank you. 
G'day, Benny J. Ward here from Reinhardt's. We're talking about our album Full Bloom, which recently came out on Cheer Squad Records and Tapes, the best label in the known universe, multiverse. Now, Piling On. Piling On is what we would call the black sheep of the album. It's pretty different. Uh, All the reviews have said so as well. I like that about it. I like that there's something a bit different on the album. It has been referred to as a Mission of Burma style sort of a song, which I can see. It's definitely a bit more broody. Uh, the, the, musically, the drums really changed on this one, so it was quite straight. We had a big change of drum beat in the chorus. The do-do-do-do-do-ch-dun-dun-ch. Now that there sounds easy, but try repro- re- reprogramming your brain on the spot. Not easy. So well done, Ross. Good on you. Same with uh, Mitch as well. He had a lot of changes on this one. I, of course, didn't have many, so I got lucky. Now, when you listen to it, you will hear the very first chords when they come in. They are, how do we say, lifted, borrowed, uh, influenced by the Marquee Moon song, television. Have a listen to that. If you're a guitarist, play along, and who knows, they might send us a, uh, uh, what do you call it, cease and desist. I doubt it. Anyway, here's piling on. I don't 
Hello, Benny J. Ward. We are talking about Coming True. Coming True is the last song or the closing track, second side of the album, if you've got it on record, of Full Bloom by Reinhardt's. Coming True, now I guess it is about a psychedelic episode, shall we say? Um, now, the, the music the music itself definitely reflects that. It's very washy, um, especially in the verses. It goes from that to this, bang, changes into a pop song. I'll talk to you anytime you want me to. Count on me, I'll count you. Coming true. Birds again. So that's what the chorus does. The chorus and the verse are really different to one another. Now, when we get to the solo, again, massive change in the studio. Started out as like a pretty simple sort of a little line, and it's turned into this almost like a metal, um, or like some sort of a prog rock metal sort of a, a solo. I don't know, it's probably a ter- terrible description, but it really changed. And at first, when the suggestions came about, I was like, oh, hang on, I'm not so, sh- not so sure about this. So we started noodling around and it was like, oh, hang on, this is cool. So I did that, did it with the Strat in the studio, put the Mark Knopfler headband on and gave it everything I had. Took a couple of goes, but I got there. So that's what this is about. Cowbell, now without fail, every time we, we play this song live, someone runs up to the front of the stage and starts wiggling their belly around like Will Farrell from uh, the, um, what is it, the, the Blue Oyster Cult skit that he did on, on one of the American talk shows. If you haven't seen that, definitely look it up. So yeah, every time that cowbell kicks in in this song, that's what I think about. Lovely, lovely, lovely song to end the record on as well. And, and the fade at the end. I remember when Wally from Cheer Squad came over to Perth to listen to the album for the first time, he was like, oh, that's, that's been cut too short. You got it. You got to get it to go longer. So we sort of, we'd, we'd cut it short at that point because we were worried it was a bit long. So we reattached the tail of the end of that song and stretched it out again and, and faded it. And, and here it is coming true.
So there you have it. Full Bloom by Reinhardt's, our second album, second full-length album, out on Cheer Squad Records. It's out everywhere. You can get it on all the streaming platforms, or better yet, you should absolutely go and buy the record because there's nothing quite like getting that in the mail, checking out the artwork, checking out the photos, checking out the colours, lifting it out of its sleeve, putting it on and dropping the needle. You should absolutely go get yourself a copy. I just want to say thanks so much to 3CR and Dr. Gonzo for having me do this segment. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope I've explained things in an okay fashion. Um, It's not something I've really done before. Uh, Usually you talk to people at the pub about these kinds of things after the gig, but not sat down and done it like this. So it's been a real pleasure doing this. And um, from myself and Reinhardt's, would like to thank you for listening. And hopefully you enjoy the album if it's up your alley. Drop us a message, come to a show, grab the record, stay in touch, and uh, be well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to an episode of And This One's Introduced By. I'm Dr. Gonzo, and I'll be presenting another artist with another album next time on This One's Introduced By. Catch you next time. I hope you enjoyed the second album by Ryan Hartz, introduced by guitarist and singer Benny J. Ward. And you can hear more of their music on Reinhardt's Bandcamp page. Let's stay in a power pop mood with a few selections from the genre, starting with Teenage Fan Club from their sixth album, Songs from Northern Britain, released in 1997, and the gorgeous harmonies of I Don't Want to Control You. Yeah.
Yeah.
Seen grown men act so insane But now the weather has changed But in my head the climate's still the same I still feel pain each time I hear my name But I never know what's going on But I'm glad And I guess Hey, I used to be so flattered Fifty lines. 
We just heard five tracks that could be loosely described as power pop tunes, starting with Teenage Fan Club and then the classic power pop ballad Baby Blue by Badfinger from their Straight Up album from 1971. Flaming Groovies, who released another classic power pop track, Shake Some Action, but we heard a rarer song called Around the Corner from their Super Snaz LP released in 1969. I'm Blessed from Brendan Benson's 1996 album One Mississippi. He also co-writes the songs in The Raconteurs with Jack White. The last track, I Love My Label, has an interesting subject matter. It was from 1978's Jesus of Cool, the first solo album by Nick Lowe, who gained fame as a producer, recording artists such as Elvis Costello, The Pretenders and The Damned. Dr. Gonzo needs his beauty sleep, so the party's over, which happens to be the name of the last power pop track by renowned power pop group The Raspberries from their 1974 release, Starting Over. Thanks for listening. Hope you can visit next Wednesday at 11pm on 3CR. Bye for now.